Hello and welcome to the B2B Sales Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Joe DiCaro. In this podcast, I pick the brains of industry experts, innovators, and sales leaders to draw up a series of playbooks full of actionable tips and tricks for you to take away and run with. For this episode, I'm bringing you the audio of a webinar we ran entitled From Good to Great, Transforming Your Outbound SDR Playbook. I was joined by Georgia Kerwin, Head of Sales Development at Engage Tech, Chris Deutsch, Head of Delivery at Engage Tech, and Amy Cook, Global Development Director at Lead Forensics. The panel were full of brilliant takeaways, which I'll sum up at the end of the episode for you. So without further ado, here is the Outbound SDR Playbook. So guys, uh, what do you see as the biggest challenges facing SDR teams in 2023? And I think, Georgia, let's come to you first on that one, shall we? Sure. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. I think we are coming into like a really maybe weird period that we've never really gone through before, like recession coming up, everything, but in that kind of post-COVID world still. So I think like for my team and like a lot of the teams that I'm speaking to on a daily basis, it's just like actually being able to talk to people and (laughs) like talk to the prospects we want to get in touch with, right? So um, I think that I read this stat the other week and at any given time, maybe only five to seven percent of customers are in that buying mode. So catching people at the right time is it's bloody tough. And yeah, <laughs> SDR role, it's it's really, really hard. So I think for for us and as managers uh, of those SDRs, it's like, are we arming the reps with, you know, the right objection handles for like all the economic kind of you know, objections that are coming up and are we giving them the best data to go out and have those conversations that they need to have to go out and, you know, hit their target. So, yeah, I think it is quite tough at the moment, um, but there's definitely ways that we could look to help to arm them a little bit better every day. I'm sure we'll get into some of those methods a little bit later, but for now, let's jump over to Chris, shall we? What do you see as the biggest challenges, Chris? Yeah, I think, I think Georgia makes a great point about like finding the right people at the, at the right time. I guess in, in my role, a lot of the focus I have around like SDRs isn't necessarily uh, maybe like the, the methods that they're using. I, I imagine that's their SDR managers. I think one of the biggest like challenges I'm, I kind of see coming up in, in 2023 is basically that the environment that the, the SDRs are working in. What I mean by that is like, George touched on it regarding uh, recession. Like uh, you're obviously seeing what a lot of the big uh, big tech companies have done out there. Like um, redundancies, getting rid of offices and things like that. And knowing from my own personal SDR, SDR career, uh, the thing that got me through some some tough times was definitely like sitting in an office, uh, chatting to the person uh, to the left and right of me, awful chat going on, but it kind of got me through, got me through the day. And yeah, with obviously like uh, maybe like some, some cuts in spending, the removal of offices and maybe like the removal of that like amazing environment that I know SDRs can create. Yeah, it's probably something I'm maybe, maybe concerned around. Uh, for, for SDRs in, in 2023 there's like loads of technologies that obviously that are out there now that you can uh, still kind of create that remotely but it's definitely maybe something away from like their I guess the, the data or things like that maybe a bit of a separate point that I think is definitely going to be a, a challenge in, in 2023. Yeah, I, I do fully understand what you mean. I mean, as much as you know remotely, I mean we're remote now right but nothing does beat that sort of everybody coming together and being in the same physical space I genuinely I do think it probably helps teamwork a lot um sure Amy anything to add on that yourself I think they summed up really well I think just um 
I suppose the channels that we're using, you know, cold calling um, and specifically gatekeepers and, you know, operators over here in the US um, to reach the decision makers, that's something that we've really got to train our teams well to overcome in order to have those conversations. I'd say that's the biggest thing, I think. You know, a well-trained SDR who knows the value proposition, who knows the product well, who knows the objections, get that opportunity in front of them and, and you know, I'd be confident they could close. I think just increasing the opportunities to have those conversations is the biggest challenge these days. Mm. It's that that age old thing of communication, I suppose, isn't it? So, how, how do you how do you see the role of technology evolving? We touched on it slightly there um, in the the previous answer, but George, to come back to you, how do you see the role of technology evolving in the improvement of SDR teams? Yeah, it's a really really good question. I think a really hot topic at the moment. Um, a huge amount of buzzwords I'm hearing right now is like automation and efficiencies and Chris touched on it earlier around like a lot of the big tech companies making those redundancies and um, yeah I think a lot of companies are trying to lean out and look at ways that they can make their day-to-day -day more efficient and yeah I think there's a lot of day-to-day -day tasks that can be streamlined whether that's using like a cadencing tool or um, yeah, as I said, investing in like good data intelligence to minimize the amount of time that you're going through and like sourcing through LinkedIn and trying to find people. It's yeah, it can get pretty hard. Um, so yeah, it, it's quite hard to cut through the noise, I think. Um, but I think, yeah, there's a whole load and I think we've probably all used it or know of a lot of the tools out there that can you know, help cut through that noise. That would be, yeah, I think my, my take on that one. And uh, Chris, similar story to you, anything else to add? I, I think so. I think, um, don't don't quote me on this stat, but there's definitely uh, some sort of data out there around uh, like uh, SDRs uh, only focusing on like, 20, 30, 40% of their time on um, actually like revenue, revenue-based tasks. I think for me, uh, and there's definitely tools out there that can do this, like the engagement of data, and the removal of that manual aspect of sourcing a contact uh, and the best number for that contact, I think for me is going to like absolutely like change change the game for for SDRs. I've like being an SDR, I know there's loads of different things you can do like LinkedIn videos. There's so many creative ways you can do it now that I probably wasn't amazing at when I was when I was doing it. I was very much just, the phones for the most quickest that way to the, to the goal I wanted to get to, but. Yeah, I think for me, removing the the manual aspect of sourcing it, sourcing the right contact, uh, getting the right number for that for that contact is, um, without a doubt, going to be the the biggest game changer for me. I do. I mean, I think you know, George, you mentioned buzzwords and things. I do wonder how far you know things that are powered by AI are going to influence, you know, uh, the the efficiency of SDR teams. Amy, any ideas? How do you see the role of technology? Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time. Um, I think the old classic kind of going through a list or, you know, a yellow pages right back in the day and then just going down the list is, is pretty historic now. You know, there are so many tools for cadencing. There's so many tools for uh, videos, as Chris was saying, you know, contact data coupled with obviously the business giving you accounts. You know, it's a really exciting time to be able to test different methods. Um, and then finding what that sweet spot is to really get the best output for the team. Um, I know we're, we're testing always at Leave Forensics to find out, okay, did that, you know, increase our performance by just an inch? And then once you add all those inches together. So I think it's a really exciting time for technology and there's a lot of 
great companies out there that are looking to assist that prospecting, um, you know, structure. Joe, do, do you mind if I just jump in as well, there, Joe? Please, please carry on. Chris. I um, you, you touched on it with uh, with that the AI thing. Um, I think one of the biggest, I don't know, I don't know whether it's wastes or like, I think downfalls that I think um, our company EngageTech has is the amount of data we collate. Uh, we have 60 odd SDRs. The amount of data that SDRs collate on a daily basis that gets wasted is like incredible. And by wasted, I mean like it might not be necessarily useful for you right now, but I'm guarantee you there's another SDR out there that, that that's super, super um, beneficial for. And I think, yeah, for me, uh, uh, development of technology is uh, maybe the AI of just like listening to calls, gathering information that might not be useful for them and sending that like instantly to the right people. Uh, different messages, different campaigns are calling on different like, things like that. So yeah, uh, whether whether we're able to do that uh, short term, I don't know, but yeah, I definitely I definitely feel that's going to be a, just basically using all the data that we actually we actually generate. And making the most of it, and particularly, you know, if there was some, you know, an AI tool that you could say, okay, well, I want to look at this bracket, and I want this set of information from this I don't know, time period or whatever. Summarize all of this and send it to me. You just send a program away and do it. Be, I think it would be smashing, wouldn't it? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what are some of the key metrics that you track to measure the success of SDR teams, George? We'll come back to you on that one. Yeah, of course. Um, I think for us, um, we're like a very phone first business, um, which is great. I think Chris like obviously touched on it. I think it's the quickest feedback loop that you can get from a prospect. Um, usually on a day to day basis, we're like tracking conversations. Are they positive? Are they leading to good pipeline? Are they booking meetings off them, obviously? Um, so, yeah, we're constantly looking at talk time and receptiveness when it comes to prospects. A lot of that feeds into um, the tool that we populate um, to ultimately help SDR teams to go out and prospect a lot more effectively. So I think, yeah, it's just understanding are they generating like pipeline, thinking of their future selves um, to ensure that they're constantly coming in to be able to like put themselves in the best position to like book those meetings every single day. Um, Chris might have a, a good take on this when it comes to like tracking and stuff uh, as well. Let's jump straight over to him then, Chris. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, after my job, Georgia. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think like Georgia's obviously obviously mentioned the amount of like positive conversations, meetings booked, meetings attended, all that all that jazz is is great. Um, I, I often use the phrase. I, I feel like. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of SDRs and a lot of SDR teams um, have loads of conversations, which is great. However, they don't have many business conversations. And what I mean by that is that they're a lot of talk time, but not a lot of like end product. Um, one of the like the biggest things that I probably judge a um, or measure that success of an SDR and then obviously their their team is uh, probably like the, that talk time to conversion conversion ratio. Um, we spoke about it loads just now about the buzzwords of like efficiency and things like that and i think um yeah the most like efficient scr out there um has an ability to like have the the highest talk talk time to conversion ratio so i suppose the the difficulty with that is i suppose you know it, it people buy from people right so it maybe it takes a little bit of time to build that rapport build that relationship so i imagine yeah it, it can be tricky just to keep that you know the the talk time down but you do have to still be personal but it's, it's a hell of a challenge i suppose but um 
Uh, Amy, anything else to add on the metrics that used to track the, the success of SDR teams? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some overarching conversions that you can look at to judge the success. First thing is um, how many conversations are they having in a day, right? Because you can immediately then say, is that person um, having difficulty reaching decision makers from their data or, or not? The second thing is then their close rate. So from those conversations that they've had with decision makers, and you need to make sure that you have a clear way of marking whether it was a connection and you had an opportunity to close or whether it was an, in fact an, a pitch where you could have closed that opportunity. They gave you the opportunity to hear your pitch and your elevator pitch. And then the second is the close rate. So uh, for example, my target is, is one in three for the team. So out of every three conversations with decision makers, I would expect you to close uh, at least one of those. Um, and then I guess the kind of like calls and the talk time, that's, that's, that's all great, you know, um, they're all great tools to measure, but effectively it's how many conversations have you got of those conversations, how many have you closed, and then on top of that, how many have actually shown up. So one of our big things is obviously you could book 20 demonstrations, um, but if only five show up, then we review the calls because then they're probably you know back to chris's point the the business conversations you're having did you actually add any value and personalize your conversation to really have as much of an impact as you could have done to make them show up so i would say for me that there are three things are you getting people on the phone are you closing them down getting them excited to book and then did you actually make that valuable for them and their position and their business as to what their show rate is so i'd say they're the three big things and then you know with with a cadence and the, and the kind of success you can track that back so if someone's been really really successful you can then reverse engineer that kind of customer journey that the SDR took um, to see what kind of engagement what touch points did they do to, to close that business and then you can really start drawing trends like okay uh, we close after the eighth call to every business some people you might then review their data and they're only making six calls well mm. then you know you just open up that cadence a little bit more and you're going to get more opportunities or it may be the fact that they're sending an introductory email and you know so on and so forth <laughs> and uh, just to pick up on, on something that you mentioned in your answer there Amy uh, oh sorry Amy's not feeling too good she's got a bit of a cough so that's why she's uh, hanging off the end of the screen uh, just to pick up on something that Amy mentioned there on uh, no-shows we did run a webinar last year all about how to cope with no-shows so do dig that out go back into Leave Forensics and, and see where you can find that oh, we've better to have lost Amy somewhere now hopefully she'll be able to join us again um can the panel share some best practices for coaching and training SDR members? Who would like to take that one? I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll go. I'll go first. Um, go yeah, like the, there's obviously your your standard um, methods like role plays, call listening um, that I'm sure we're all like, very very much aware of. I think two two things um, that I probably uh, have been like slightly more effective for, for me me and the team recently uh, firstly is like peer-to-peer -peer coaching um, I found it like a hell of a lot more effective uh, having uh, one of our like elite SDRs um, coach uh, another SDR in uh, whatever whatever that may be objection handling or so on 
I think the reason it's become uh, a lot more part of my like regular weekly routine is twofold. One, I think it uh, first that builds a relationship between SDRs, builds trust. I think they're probably a lot more open to maybe saying they were wrong, they didn't know that, uh, instead of maybe what they'd say to to a manager. I think the second part of that is uh, it then allows sometimes me to go into those sessions uh, and one, I can help coach the SDR, but two, I can then uh, give feedback to the the other SDR who's actually doing the coaching. Um, maybe like it gives a bit of a uh, two-in-one there. Um, so that's probably like the first, my first bit of maybe advice, like encouraging like peer-to-peer coaching. Um, and then secondly, again, call listening. I got in, I think maybe because of the way I was taught, I would do list call listening with a, uh, someone and just listen to the whole call which in theory, like when you would never, when you're doing role plays, you normally role play certain, we're going to role play objection handle, we're going to role play an introduction. Um, so yeah, I've, I've definitely changed my call listening to getting three or four calls and narrowing those calls down to like a minute section rather than just like listening through through a whole call. Just super, super more effective. So yeah, peer-to-peer and probably uh, changing up my, my call listening slightly is probably the my two best practices so far. I, uh, I recorded a, a podcast on this very subject actually with uh, Lee Forensic's own Tyler Witt and he was talking about much the same thing about how actually it's really beneficial to listen to an effective call and listen to what was going well rather than picking apart your own calls and saying mm. oh well, I could have done this better it's actually just a lot more a lot yeah, easier to get in get it into your head that you know uh, stay with the positive stuff I mean um, Georgia anything to add on that on the coaching and training side of things at all? Yeah, just I guess building on that that call listening and, and there's a few other points I wanted to add on. Um, at the moment, uh, one thing that we're doing with the team is like really digging deep into challenges and pains to really get to the root cause of like why is that person or prospects jumping on this meeting? And as you said, like we sell to people, people sell to people. Um, the more we can kind of like, yeah, get down into that challenge and into that emotional state, the better, obviously. It's hard to do on that like first cold call, but it's it's important. Um, what we're doing at the moment is like, yeah, basically pausing it when the prospects stop speaking and we do it before like our SDR will ask a question. We basically say like what question would be a good one to ask after what that prospects just said. And, you know, we, we yeah, basically brainstorm all the different routes we can take the conversation hit play and just like listen to what was actually said so it's almost just getting them to think in that moment of like I've just heard this objection or I've just heard this bit of information what would be like the best response to get even more out of this conversation and I find that like really really helpful um we do this thing at Engage Tech where um all of the senior management team uh, basically present a book or a podcast or an audiobook, whatever it may be, to the rest of the team every week. Um, last week, uh, I did one and it was basically saying SDR managers who don't come prepared to one-on-ones with their team are basically just letting it down in the first couple of minutes. And what I'd say and something that our managers do quite well is like little SDR diagnostics, um, map out what their data is saying, map out, you know, listen to a couple of calls, um, look at their pipeline, what are they generating and kind of diagnose any gaps in their process. And from that, you can basically map out the next couple of weeks of training sessions. So one, you're coming prepared and like are on the ball when it comes to, you know, what we're going to double down on. Um, and two, and I, I think we've probably all been there when you rock up to a training session and your manager just has, you know, they're not prepped and you're just like, oh, all right, like, 
I guess I'll bring some ideas and yeah, it's just <laughs> almost like, you know, sometimes with, uh, you know, I definitely know from when I was in the role, you don't know what you don't know and you do need some direction. So um, yeah, I guess spending a bit of time to map out some training sessions in advance, I guess saves you time in the future as a manager, but also makes, you know, the people you manage uh, feel a lot more appreciated and like you've got a handle on that development as well. Mm. I really like the idea of that exercise. Right. So what would you have said in this point? That's a really imagine that being very, very effective. Um, Amy, I hope you're recovered from your coughing fit that you just had. There. Have you got so anything sorry. to add on that? I've, I've, I've been fine all morning and then it would happen during it the webinar. It would be now, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. Um, no, I really liked that idea as well that Georgia just mentioned. I think my two most powerful coaching sessions that I would kind of run regularly sometimes even daily is, is team call calibration sessions where it's not me giving the other person the feedback it's the team saying oh I'm you know maybe they shared a bit of great, great best practice like I've been having that and I'm really glad I just heard how you overcame that or have you thought about doing it this way I was able to overcome this the other day from using this and so getting peer-to-peer -peer feedback I think um, is sometimes you know it's, it's a it's just a different way it's sometimes more well received than your direct manager consistently giving you feedback but by by your peers um, and then i also think comparing calls so i make a real point of if somebody's doing something that we are you know intentionally focusing on really successfully i'll make sure i save down that call and so i can share that back with someone that's maybe struggling with it and then they can compare with what it is sounding like at the moment versus what actually a great example of that call does sound like and then you can always use it as a reference point back you know if that area has maybe dropped in the future you know let's listen to this current call that you just did and then let's compare that with this great example of you delivering that effectively yeah yeah i i imagine that the yeah the the peer um reviewing of it all and getting everybody together to to work together on the problem i imagine that's extremely helpful yeah no it's, it's fantastic answer from all of you so thank you very much <laughs> um this is an interesting question how important is it to align the efforts of sales and marketing teams for success with sdr teams do we have any volunteers to take that question first george is happy to jump in um yeah, I'm speaking with like sales and marketing, uh, like reps every single day. And um, often when businesses are facing challenges when it comes to, you know, generating business or generating pipeline, it is often because sales and marketing just aren't seeing eye to eye. Um, I think we probably would all come to the conclusion that sales and marketing being aligned and chatting to each other and communicating is obviously like, best practice and you know it sometimes it does happen and it goes really well but sometimes it, it doesn't um and yeah i think if those two departments aren't basically best buds when it comes to this entire process opportunities just will kind of fall through the cracks and um yeah i think both groups can be providing such valuable insights to each other like sales should be taking like going to marketing and saying, this is what we're hearing right now in the market. And this is what objections we're coming up against. So how about we create some content around this to like push out and marketing should be like, oh my gosh, we're getting like all of this crazy, um, you know, 
like ideas from the web or getting a lot of hits on on this type of um, like post and how about we you know steer your outreach this way and yeah I think all of those teams uh, they may you know have some friction in some businesses but like often when they are like all aligned that is when like the harmony and the fabulousness happens basically. <laughs> all part of that one team mentality i suppose yeah I, I, I do understand it can you know some businesses it might be slightly tricky to get them to align but it, all the more powerful for when it does work um chris did you have anything to add on that one not not hugely i think i think often uh as we've not necessarily like just um labeling this to sales and, and marketing teams i think uh in we probably do it in our in our personal lives with friends with family and whatever uh, a lot of times we all have our own opinions of, of what's right um and a lot of time we always we always think we're right um cheesy as cheesy as this is that you ever seen ted lasso joe you ever watched ted lasso uh i i am a big fan of ted lasso yes uh, i'm lasso, even right. more a fan of handsome brett goldstein so, cool. <laughs> so you'll get where i'm going with it so he, there's a there's part where he talks about like be curious and, and not judgmental and uh i think it's just probably like something um i try and get like my team to probably live by it on a daily basis of just like just be curious about what what people are doing and um, rather than rather than judgmental and uh yeah it's probably just something i uh would like underpin a lot of a lot of those those teams whoever whoever heads of those teams just be curious rather than, mm. rather than judgmental. It might, it might be a good start. I didn't actually have, you know, Ted Lasso coming up on my, my uh, webinar go. bingo card, but, you know, it's applicable in real life situations. <laughs> um, Amy, anything to add for you on that one? Aligning sales and marketing teams? Sorry, yeah, I think the guy summed it up really well. I just think communication is key and you know, marketing does great at the content. Sales can use it. Sales have insights because they're speaking to a vast amount of different people that we can then tailor our marketing towards so communication absolutely fantastic what's uh, what strategies have you implemented to attract and retain top sdr talent uh chris let's come back to you on that one shall we yeah this is um yeah it's a really it's really like probably hot topic or good topic um to talk about especially given uh post christmas um I think it's like very well known. Uh, I think what is it? The 16th of January is like Blue Monday, or whatever it is, and I think everyone goes away and spends time with their family over Christmas and really like reviews like what what their kind kind of past year was like and, and things like that. So I think it's definitely a topical topical thing. I guess in engaged in terms of the uh, retain, um, I think you could do loads loads of uh, surface level things like great socials, uh, ensure people are. Uh, earning their commission, hitting their KPIs. Like, if you're not earning, why would you stay at a job? So, I think there's like that sort of like the obvious level. I think for me, uh, I guess a strategy, if that's what you call it, in, in place that we we probably lean on is just like challenging people, like pretty pretty heavily, but in in the right way. And especially like you said, that you retain top SDR like talent. I think it's very like as an SDR and uh, an elite SDR, um, as I'm sure there's quite a few. On, on this webinar, the job at times can definitely be uh, like easy. And uh, if you're great at your job, like I think you you become relatively comfortable. I think the, the main thing for me is yeah, challenging uh, the SDRs and the top SDRs that, although they may be the top performing SDR within their, their, their business, um, as soon as you go to that next 
uh, whether that's becoming an AE or an SDR manager or whatever it is, you suddenly be going from the best of the best to the bottom of the bottom of the next pond or whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, we have, um, I think Georgia was going to touch on this, but I'm going to steal her point, which was we have these things called like SDR academies in at Engage Tech, uh, where you get to a certain level and then you get into these uh, SDR academies and you're trained on then your next role. And very quickly you realize that you may be great at booking a meeting, but you might be pretty bad at handling a, uh, a conversation with an SDR who's really upset or, or something like that. So yeah, for me, uh, retain is, is purely about challenging people. Um, and I'll leave maybe uh, Georgia and Amy to speak about how they attract. Go for it, Georgia, do you want to take that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I think attracting good talent is obviously key. Like um, as Chris sort of touched on, uh, you can have all of that surface level things, um, which are really good on paper, but ultimately I think people who are coming into a role or being interviewed, like it's, you know, the classic saying, not only are you interviewing them, they're interviewing you. Um, so I think making sure that you are letting people know that, you know, you've got strategies in place to invest time and energy into their future career and that development what like training and enablement do you have for new starters coming into the role? What does that onboarding process look like? Um, you know, what perks, what benefits are they getting in addition to like the base role? Um, and ultimately, I think whenever you're coming into a new business as well, like you got to feel comfortable. You probably want someone to, you know, ask what you think is might be a silly question to. Um, so making sure that they're like for us, we onboard like a group at a time just so that, you know, you've got your buddies. Um, but we also have a buddy structure in place where a senior SDR will be buddied up with someone, uh, what we call in development. Um, yeah, just to kind of bounce off them it might be talking about something completely outside of work but it could also be just talking about how can I really level myself up here or I'm coming up against this uh, objection can can you help me in this sort of spot so um, yeah I think it's kind of they're also interviewing you so making sure that you are kind of putting the steps in place that they feel confident going into that role I think is like super super key. Mm, it sounds like a, a perfect blend of uh, opportunity and guidance there with the the academy system you've got there. That's fantastic. Um, Amy, thoughts on you, how to retain top yeah. SDR talent? Yeah, it's a huge topic, isn't it, for any SDR leaders because there's a lot of investment that goes into it if you are managing an SDR group. It's a lot of work. Um, so the first thing I think that's just essential is you need to know the criteria of a successful candidate in the position because I think if you're hiring the right kind of person because maybe they're competitive they're go-getters you know they're really focused on their self-development and they want to grow naturally if you have those right characteristics coupled with your you know education and teaching them the ropes they're naturally going to thrive in a position such as SDR so I think hiring the right people is the first point uh, and then the second point is anyone that's in sales, um, you know, wants to be in control of what they earn. So I think to retain somebody that's really good, you have to have a really clear progression structure. And then us as leaders, we have to be very clear on the expectations in order to achieve that, right, and break it down. So this is your overall target. This is what you need to achieve in this time scale. This is how we're going to work it back. This is the 
the support I'm going to give you. This is the support that the businesses is going to give you. And this is the expectation of what you need to bring to the table. If you do all those things, you will be promoted at X with X pay rise. And I think something that I know Lead Forensics has got really, really right is that just clear ladder where if you want to push yourself and you want to grow, there will always be an opportunity for you to develop, earn more money, get more responsibility. But the communication is very clear as to these are the expectations, this is what comes with it, this is the resources, and this is what you need to bring to the table. So I would say that they are, you know, amongst a number of things. I think they're the clear parameters. I think when someone's unclear of what they can do or where they can get to, or they think the grass is greener because they may be unsure on how they could get there in their own company, that's that's when you get churn. And I think um, setting out that clear structure from the beginning, when they first start, you know, um, you should be able to retain your talent. Mm, I mean, you know, it, it, if you give people a goal, they're going to shoot for it, right? So it's got to be the uh, it's got to be the clearest thing. Yeah, absolutely. So another question for our panel then: How do you measure the impact of sales enable sales enablement tools and techniques on SDR team performance? Do we have any volunteers for that question at all? I wonder. I'll go first on that. Um, go for it, Amy. It's a big part of my day at the moment um, <laughs> because like testing, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, how to kind of get those incremental improvements in the performance. Um, there's no like this is exactly how you do that you do it, and um, some of it can be a little bit grey. But I think what's really important is what you don't do is you don't just go right. Let's trial this. Let's give it to everyone, and let's see see how they perform. It's about taking a small group of people maybe even sometimes one or two people that have been there different tenures um, that maybe have a slightly different approach and then reviewing the impact that that's had versus another couple of people on the team that didn't get that same tool and and and, and checking that and then as you see an improvement in it adding another couple of people on and another couple of people on until you can make a safe assumption and a safe educated decision that actually you know, this is having a really big impact and you just continue on on that process through measuring the data behind it so um i guess the first thing you do is you see right what what impact is this meant to be having and are we seeing that so um for me that's that's definitely what the strategy i use so it's it's a big part of amy's day uh georgia chris any thoughts anything to add on this one <laughs> I um <laughs> yeah I think it all like start starts with the data um like ultimately you can quite easily understand like the input an SDR is having whether it's calls emails LinkedIn outreach sales off whatever it may be um all the way converting down to like that booked meeting and I think if you're understanding the conversion rates between all of those stages, and as kind of Amy said, like making little tweaks along the way, potentially like A-B testing between different groups as well, um, it's quite easy to then track those conversions again and see like where we're, you know, trying to minimize as, as much as possible to get that first initial interaction to that booked meeting and um, yeah I think it's uh, for like the SCR managers out there it's just like one what are the stats that you need to be tracking first off 
to working back and like looking at that formula to that conversion rate like ratio and then yeah trialing little bits and pieces to see how we can like really minimize the gap there um and i think doing that continuously over time you like you will see results mm, absolutely uh chris anything to add that i mean you you handed over to me very quickly so i'm wondering <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think um yeah not not huge huge amounts to add. i think one of the one of the final things that maybe add on 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 how to essentially measure it would be i think that in increasing book meetings um uh conversation rates uh conversation uh quality like changing is, is obviously important um george kind of touched on it there but i think the, the other thing for me is like the quality uh, of that meeting and how often they're like going obviously to the next stages um i know for a fact like a uh, if someone went from booking 10 meetings one month to 10 meetings the next month, it might not look like there's a massive, massive impact there. Um, but say that the quality of the meetings, tier one, tier two, whatever that came off the back of them, um, I think can definitely be something that we often under uh, underappreciate. Uh, however, you track that in your own your own way. But yeah, other than that, I think they they hit nail on the head really. Mm, uh, touching on your earlier points there, Chris, as well. Yeah, thanks very much. We have had a very interesting question come in from our audience. I'm just going to grab it here. Um, I'm interested to hear what the panel think risks might be with being able to use more AI in prospecting. Does anyone have any immediate responses to that? Would anyone like to jump in and go in on the risks of AI with prospecting? I, I think it depends where you're where you're utilising the AI, right? Like if it's um necessarily like pre uh pre interaction with with the prospect um i think the biggest risk you have is likely uh wrong wrong information wrong data calling someone that isn't the person you're talking to like it's it's just not going to be uh as i guess maybe human human verified um i think the impact post post that uh so after an initial interaction and then like whether it's certain information gets sent to prospects or things like that, I think you can definitely lose that personal personal element of the approach. Um, mm. My personal opinion is like, I, I think the benefit you get from it would probably outweigh outweigh the risk, but I think there's definitely some for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the risk with, with all sort of aspects of AI, isn't it? Is that where it is currently now, it's very good at mimicking, you know, a human being, but it does lose that human touch. Um, Georgia, Amy, anything to add on the risks of using AI for prospecting at all? I just think it's maybe dependent on where you use it. I don't know too much about AI to say that it's going to be the next best thing or it's going to be, you know, destructive. But I think you, there's no, you know, people buy from people. So there's certain elements of the process that if you completely were to take away the, the kind of like personal approach would could be devastating, right? But I think a lot of it around it, such as a follow-up email, such as um, a confirmation, a reminder, um, you know, there's lots of AI in coaching, you know, it can listen to a number of calls, you know, and in customer service, you know, you can have a machine that says, we've had X many positive calls and, and X many negative calls, and these are the reasons. I think you can very quickly understand a vast amount of data from AI, but I think there are certain elements that should be left to that person having that conversation to get the deal or whatnot. But I think around it, you know, scary, but you know, it could be, could be really positive and allow us to be just doing the, the, the parts of the role that 
are going to be most effective to bring in revenue so yeah, yeah it's it, we certainly live in interesting and exciting times and hopefully we don't accidentally invent the next you know skynet um <laughs> georgia any any more thoughts on ai um i think that they've covered it all i think it yeah start small start with little efficiencies and build up as you go absolutely fantastic um guys this has been a really fascinating conversation i really really want to thank you for for sharing so much insight and, and tips for our for our audience here what i'm going to do now is i'm going to come to each of you in turn i'm going to ask for you for your absolute top tip your golden rule when it comes to uh transforming transforming your sdr teams from from good to great so let's start with chris what is your top tip for the audience thought today. I thought you might start with me. Um, Would you like me to go somewhere else to no, buy yourself no, some I'll, more time? No, <laughs> I reckon I'll be right. Thanks. Um, yeah, from, from good to great, my, my top tip. I think one thing that I probably uh, learned most in my uh, managing of, of SDRs is that you're not necessarily going to get uh, every single uh, SDR, and maybe you shouldn't expect to uh, get every single person to be on the same page as you. Uh, Everyone has their own goals. Everyone has their own uh, reasons they come to work, and I think that I think you should accept that. There's a I've read a book called Tribal Leadership once that talked about that different uh, different tiers of like teams, and uh, the good teams um, are essentially teams that like are very much like I'm great and you're not, and very much like we're amazing SDRs, and normally they have uh, some sort of like um, I guess like a common enemy that they're that I guess fighting against. I think my probably top tip to go to a great team is is a common purpose and we touched on it earlier but like mutual accountability like peer-to-peer -peer training we spoke a lot about um the ability to challenge was something i brought up is like something which i think allows sdrs to be retained at companies because they feel that they are getting better um so yeah my, my probably top top tip would be create a common a common purpose and a mutual accountability between between the sdrs amazing chris thank you so much for for joining us for this conversation uh georgia We'll come to you on that. What is your top tip for today's audience? Um, my team will like I am a broken record, so they've heard this like a lot a lot of times. Um, my top tip is to every day you're coming in, you need to be thinking about your present self, but you also need to be thinking about your future self. Whether that's building pipeline, uh, planning ahead, uh, you know. Even if it is someone pushes you out and says, no, 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 uh, give me a call in four months, diarise that call so you're in the, their diary. Um, so that future Georgia, Chris, Joe, Amy are coming in and being like, gosh, thank God I had past Georgia because she has like done an absolute job for me. So, yeah, always think about your future self and make sure you tick off both tenses every single day. Well, I mean, you say that, you know, to your teams, you might be a broken record. That's the first, th first time I've heard anything like that. And I'm, I'm going to take that forward. Absolutely. So, Georgia, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for this webinar. Thank, thank you for you. your input. Fantastic. Amy, to see us home then, what is your absolute top tip? It's really hard, isn't it, to pick one. Um, <laughs> I love the other guys' points. I think, um, you know, that whole team mentality is just huge. Um, but something I really drum into the team is, you know, a really successful team is uh, a group of really successful individuals. And I think that a lot of the times, uh, and competition is great, right? But um, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's you versus you. So 
if you can kind of hold the mirror up at the end of the day and say, oh, I did everything I possibly could because I know the impact that, that was going to have on me, my future, as Georgia was saying, but also on my peers. And I know I play a vital part in us being a successful team, then, then you're a winner. And I think just getting everybody to give it 100% every day for themselves and for, them for the team um, just creates that dynamic where you might not be feeling great, you might not be having the best day, but you've got people around you that are relying on you to do your bit and you've got to show up in that manner. Fantastic stuff. Amy, thank you again for uh, for joining us for this webinar. Uh, again, thanks to all our panellists for joining us for this webinar. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Well, there you go. That was the panel on transforming your outbound SDR. Our key takeaways then. Peer-to-peer -peer coaching is effective for training SDRs and building trust and focusing on effective calls is very beneficial. Understanding the emotional state of your prospects is vital for effective communication. Onboarding and retaining top SDR talent requires making them feel comfortable and supported. You could provide them with a buddy system, you should give them clear progression structure. And as with everything, clear communication of expectations, goals and resources is vital for retaining top talent. Thanks once again to the panel for joining me and thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to the B2B Sales Playbook podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you're able to give us a five-star rating, that would be really helpful. I'll be back next week with another B2B Sales Playbook.